Hello everyone, it is Friday, February 15th, 2019. Welcome to the first ever episode of Gridiron Talk. My name is Patrick Coyote. I will be your host for here on out. Uh, why am I doing this podcast and why are you listening to this podcast? Well, uh, I've played football for a long time. I understand the game of football. Uh, and I've always wanted a platform to talk about the NFL, to talk about the Broncos. I'm a huge Broncos fan. Uh, I write for pigskinnut.com for the Orange Crush Chronicle. I'm a senior writer there, and uh, I just love writing and talking about football, and this is why I'm here, to talk about uh, what's going on in the world of the NFL uh, and give you a take from a different source, someone who's not on ESPN and Fox Sports and those other big sporting networks, because honestly, they just give takes to get views and and clicks and just to uh, create shock value. And I'm not going to do that here. I'm going to give it to you straightforward. Uh, going to give you my honest opinion. If you uh, agree with me, hey, that's awesome. If you don't, hey, let's talk about it. Um, so sit back, relax, and enjoy Gridiron Talk. And I hope to give you guys what you need. So here's what we're going to cover today on Gridiron Talk. I'm going to talk about uh, Joe Flacco being traded from the Baltimore Ravens to the Denver Broncos, why it's a good move, why it's a bad move for the Broncos and John Elway, uh, what it means for the Broncos going forward in the short term. I'm also going to talk about the veteran linebacker Brandon Marshall being released uh, from the Broncos, uh, what it means for the uh, Broncos' new-look defense. And then I'm going to cover some NFL news that's been going around. Colin Kaepernick declining to be in the AAF, who also had a very good opening weekend. It was very refreshing to see some some old names that we saw, some uh, new names in there, um, trying to make a name for themselves, trying to get to the next level. Uh, it was good football. It was good to watch. It was a lot of fun. I'm also going to talk about Kareem Hunt signing with the Cleveland Browns. I wrote about this on pigskinnut.com. I don't think it was a very smart move by GM John Dorsey and the Cleveland Browns organization. Uh, Really showed why this league is kind of ignorant to the whole domestic violence scene. And uh, just going to cover some other NFL news that's going around. So we got a lot to talk about today, a lot to get to. And we're going to get to it here on Gridiron Talk. All right, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about Joe Flacco being traded from the Baltimore Ravens to the Denver Broncos. Uh, News came as a little bit of a shock. Uh, A lot of people thought that Denver was just going to stay put with Case Keenum. Uh, Thought that, you know, hey, maybe we'll take Drew Locke at 10 uh, have him sit behind Keenum for a season, maybe half the season, and uh, then he'll take over. So the news came out. Uh, at first, it was kind of unclear what exactly they were giving up for Joe Flacco. Turns out they traded a fourth-round pick for him. Denver has two fourth-round picks this season, uh, so little bit worrisome there. Uh, you know, why are we trading for Joe Flacco? A lot of fans came out. A lot of fans were upset. They were confused. They didn't know what was going on. Why would we trade for this guy? He has such a high salary. Now we have uh, $36 million committed just to the quarterback position. 
Um, that is a lot of cap space to be eating up. So I'm going to tell you why I think it was a good move and I think that it was a bad move. Okay, so we'll start with the good, just so we can uh, get this episode rolling uh, with a positive note. Okay, so here's the good about trading for Joe Flacco. He is a veteran. He's a veteran presence. Uh, You know, a lot of people last year said, well, Keenum is a veteran presence. He'll bring veteran leadership to the locker room. Yeah, but he's been a backup for the majority of his career. Flacco has been a starter. Uh, ever since he came out of Delaware, he's been to the playoffs. Uh, he was in a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl. Uh, and and he can be another veteran presence on that offense that is really starting to get full of young guys like Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay, Deshaun Hamilton, uh, Cortland Sutton, those kinds of guys that really need a true veteran leader at the quarterback position, someone who is going to lead that team down the field and lead them to the promised land. That brings me to my next point, uh, playoff experience. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's not an elite quarterback by any means, but he is still a playoff quarterback. He has 10 playoff wins in his career. That's as many wins in the playoffs that the Chiefs have in their entire existence. All right, so he knows how to win in the playoffs. Many Denver fans remember that mile-high magic that he pulled out of nowhere and dropped that bomb on uh, Broncos country, and uh, it hurts. It still hurts, Uh, but he proved why uh, he deserved to win that year and proved why he deserved to be the Super Bowl MVP. My next point, a new system. He's going to be in a, in a completely different system than he was in Baltimore. Uh, Rich Scandarello, the new offensive coordinator coming over from the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, look at what he did last season with, uh, you know, he had Jimmy Garoppolo, and unfortunately Jimmy Garoppolo went out uh, for the year with an ACL injury. Um, but then he had C.J. Bethard. And ended up with Nick Mullins, an undrafted guy out of Southern Mississippi who ended up torching the Broncos. I mean, he ju- he and George Kittle absolutely thrashed us. And that was a lot of what Scandrarello had to deal with um, with that offense. And I think being in a new system, being with different coaches and different coordinators um, and different players, I think will help Flacco adjust to being in Denver. Um, also he's going to have better wide receiver play. Uh, he didn't really have great wide receivers in Baltimore. Uh, you know, he he had, um, who do you have? Mike Wallace, uh, for, for a while there. He did have Torrey Smith, uh, and he did have Steve Smith, Steve Smith towards the end. Uh, but he's going to have better wide receiver play. Hamilton and Sutton, those are young guys who I think will progress very well in year two. Sutton proved that he can be a deep ball threat. He has showed very good hands uh, on the deep passes. Still needs to get better at the short to intermediate routes. He reminded me a lot of Demarius Thomas, unfortunately, who the Broncos traded to the Texans and was recently released. Um, But he had a lot of drops as a rookie. And, And you can say... 
all right, he was a rookie. Uh, he was just kind of getting in the swing of things. Um, he needs to be. He needs to become better in year two and catch those slants, uh, the hitches, the in routes. He needs to be able to get those short intermediate routes, and then he can take off for the yards after catch. Deshaun Hamilton, I think, will have the biggest upgrade into year two after being under Emmanuel Sanders for an entire year. He's a guy who has more size than Sanders. He runs great routes. He'll be an excellent weapon for uh, Joe Flacco to use. And then we'll see what happens with Emmanuel Sanders. There's some talk that they could release him. There's talk that they could, <clears throat> they could trade him to San Francisco. A couple other teams have been named as well. Um, but I think if Denver keeps Sanders, uh, that would be an excellent weapon for Flacco. Sanders can stretch the field. He's not afraid to go over the middle. Uh, and he's another veteran leader that the team could really use. At the tight end position, there's a lot of questions. Hireman coming back from injury. He's also going to be a free agent. Will they resign him? Jake Budd is coming off another ACL injury. Matt Lacoste is really unproven. Um, so will they draft a tight end in this draft? Possibly, uh, especially one that will give Flacco another offensive weapon and another blocker. Um, he'll have two great running backs that are young. Um, both will be healthy this upcoming year in Royce Freeman, who is really just a yards eater, and Philip Lindsay, who shocked the entire NFL uh, with his ability to sneak through tiny holes and bust off big gains. I think this will be an opportunity for Flacco to kind of refresh uh, his career, especially in the later years, and it will really determine if he is elite or not. He never had an elite wide receiver core in Baltimore, so this could be a good way for him to boost his morale and the team's morale. The last point of this Flacco trade being a good move, the contract. He has a flexible contract. There's zero money guaranteed. He's only getting paid $500,000 more than Keenum, uh, but Keenum has a $3 million signing bonus and a $10 million dead money hit uh, on the team. Flacco's contract, there's no guaranteed money. There's no dead money, which means we could cut him without having to... Uh, pay that signing bonus without the dead money affecting the cap. So look for them to trade Keenum, um, try and get something out of it. It also gives us uh, that flexibility. So here's why I think this Flacco trade was not a good move by John Elway. It's really a lateral move at best at the quarterback position. Uh, speaking on numbers alone, I mean... <laughs> It's like Keenum 2.0. They, they really, you know, it, it, it's not much of a difference. Uh, we traded away a fourth-round pick. The fourth-round picks in recent years in the drafts, they've become more valuable. Sometimes you're finding guys in the later rounds, in the fourth, fifth, sixth rounds, that are really guys that end up contributing to the team, even undrafted free agents. Denver knows a lot about that, bringing in guys like Philip Lindsay and Chris Harris Jr., um, but the later round picks are turning out to be more valuable. Look at a team like the Seattle Seahawks. They built that defense on mostly uh, you know, guys that were mid-round picks. Um, 
So trading that fourth round pick for Flacco and that contract, that's going to hurt. A lot of money committed to average quarterbacks. Case Keenum is getting paid $18 million on base salary alone. $3 million signing bonus. That's $21 million for Case Keenum. Add in 18 and a half for Joe Flacco. I mean, that's 39, almost $40 million uh, committed solely to the quarterback position. Uh, last point, it's Joe Flacco. Okay, He's not an elite quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback talent. Uh, as much as he would tell you, he's not elite. Um, he's had good flashes. He won a Super Bowl MVP. That's great. But um, it seems like all that Denver is doing is just getting more average at the quarterback position. All in all, uh, this move does allow Denver draft flexibility. uh, And if it doesn't pan out, they can cut them without the dead money and the cap hit. I think it's an okay move uh, at best. It's not going to, it's not going to, you know, I don't think it's going to bring us a Super Bowl win, but I also don't think it's going to be as bad as watching Case Keenum uh, last season. All right, so the second section that we're going to talk about is uh, veteran linebacker Brandon Marshall was informed that the team is going to decline his option and he will become a free agent. Uh, Marshall is 29 years old. He played in two Super Bowls for the Broncos, uh, including Super Bowl 50, uh, one that he won. Uh, But in the three years since Super Bowl 50, he's been injured two out of the three seasons. Um, look, I loved Brandon Marshall. I thought he was great. He and Danny Trevathan were really a force together during that Super Bowl 50 season. But when Trevathan left, he kind of got exposed. Um, he got exposed a little bit. He's, he's not really able to match up with running backs and tight ends. And that's something that has really hurt Denver over the years, especially playing teams like Atlanta, uh, and New England who, use tight ends and running backs in wide sets uh they use them in passing plays um rob gronkowski obviously james white tevin coleman Devontae freeman those kinds of guys uh as teams move towards using running backs as receivers out wide and using bigger tight ends for those mismatch uh, opportunities marshall just could not Um, get that together he tried to drop weight this last season to be able to keep up with those guys and it just didn't work Um, he ended up getting hurt didn't really play much for the end of the season Um, he's not really an ideal fit for Fangio's defense you look at what Vic Fangio had in Chicago he had rookie Roquan Smith uh, and former Bronco Danny Trevathan and those guys are speedy guys. Um, they can still play uh, the running lanes in the middle, but they're really more used for stopping running backs and stopping tight ends. I mean, if you look at what Chicago did to L.A. Um, and what New England did to L.A. Uh, in the Super Bowl, they took away Todd Gurley. Uh, they took away the running game, and they used Todd Gurley as a receiver a lot. You didn't see that happen against Chicago. Uh, that's because... 
Fangio knew how to shut him down. He used Trevathan, he used Roquan Smith, and they shut that down and took it away and added a lot of pressure to Goff. And unfortunately, Brandon Marshall just isn't one of those guys that really fits into that system. You know, uh, Cody Rourke, part of the Locked On Broncos podcast, uh, asked if uh, Josie Jewell would be shifting over to uh, Fangio's defense. I honestly think he can. His past defense numbers in college were a little bit inflated, um, but he did have some moments this past season as a rookie that showed maybe he can be a better coverage linebacker than Marshall. Uh, It's still kind of yet to be seen, but I really hope that he can turn into uh, maybe just a good rotation guy, maybe some guy that comes in and he uh, he can cover tight ends, he can cover running backs. Um, So what does this mean for Denver's defense? Well, it means that the team is most likely going to look at inside linebacker in both free agency and the draft. Uh, C.J. Mosley is a guy that comes to mind. Um, He's a guy that can really fit into Fangio's system. He is going to be a free agent from the Baltimore Ravens. Joe Flacco just got traded from the Baltimore Ravens, so he could possibly recruit Mosley to come to the Mile High City. Um, as far as the draft goes, there's a few guys that I could possibly see Denver taking at 10. Uh, Devin White out of LSU, he is probably the best linebacker in this class. Uh, he would be an excellent fit into the system. Uh, he's very fast. If you watch him on film, he has closing speed like no one else. Uh, he can get to the flats very quickly and cover running backs. Uh, he can cover tight ends coming across the middle or going vertically uh, another guy the to look for in the early rounds is devin bush out of michigan another guy who is just freakishly fast uh, he's a big presence in the middle um, there are some times on film where he looks uh, maybe a little lackadaisical um, but i still think he is an excellent athlete he would be a great fit for fangio's defense If they don't go linebacker in the first round, there's a couple other guys in the later rounds that I could possibly see uh, the Denver Broncos taking a look at. One of them is Ben Burkiven out of uh, University of Washington. This guy is a tackle machine. Um, He always has his nose in the play. He's always making tackles. Uh, he, He has a really high motor, and he could be a guy who Fangio could rely on. Another uh, sleeper would be Dakota Allen out of Texas Tech. Many of you may have seen this guy on um, Last Chance U uh, playing down there in in Mississippi. Uh, He had an excellent comeback story, was kicked off Texas Tech, went to East Mississippi, got back to Texas Tech, and he is another guy who's a tackle machine. He's He's an athletic inside linebacker. Uh, he does have some things he needs to work on. His coverage skills could be a little bit better, but uh, a guy like Fangio could draft him in the third, fourth round and turn him into a star. Uh, so as far as Brandon Marshall goes, uh, it's sad to see him go, but I think the team is really trying to go in a different direction here. Uh, and you know, as far as his injuries, it's hard. It's hard to watch a guy who was such an instrumental part of winning a Super Bowl and watch him be hurt. Uh, for the last two seasons, 
Brandon, we we love and appreciate you for everything you did for Broncos country uh, on and off the field. I mean, he was a great presence in the community, um, but unfortunately, you know, at the end of the day, this is a business, um, and they're trying to win football games. And with a new coaching system in, um, you know, sometimes you got to let the guys that you love the most go. And I think that was just the case for Brandon. So for the last segment of this episode, I'm going to talk about NFL news. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, former NFL quarterback, declined to play in the AAF. Uh, you know, this this could have been a good platform for Kaepernick to show that he can still play in the NFL. Um, you know, the AAF, I think it has a good thing going. They have some good rules in there that, can really benefit the quarterback as far as uh, you know having to read defenses and having to make smart decisions. Um, they only allow a five-man rush, uh, so it really makes the quarterback kind of work more for those uh, yards and touchdowns. And uh, I think it would have been a good way for Kaepernick to show, hey, I still got it. I can still play in this league. Second on the list, Antonio Brown. Is he going to move on? from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He sent out a tweet saying that he just wants to be traded, uh, you know, make that his official request for a trade. I don't know if the Steelers will trade him or not. Um, The owner was reported to be in Florida meeting with AB. Um, There's been a lot of Denver fans even that are saying, hey, let's, let's trade for him, you know, especially now that we have a new quarterback. I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, He would at least take a second round pick and with the big contract that he has and the big ego that he has, I don't think he would be a good fit. Uh, Other teams that are looking at him, possibly the Minnesota Vikings. He has some connections there with Xavier Rhodes, Uh, the San Francisco 49ers. He's been pretty vocal about wanting to go there. I don't think it'll happen, um, but it, sounds to me like a lot of the San Francisco players are on board with it. Whatever they think that they want to do with AB, uh, they better make a decision quickly. As uh, as we're talking about Steelers players, uh, Le'Veon Bell, where's he going? Uh, Miami could be a destination. He's in Miami a lot. Indianapolis has been named as another possible destination, although their GM, Chris Ballard, has said uh, there's no chance that they're going to be spending the money on Le'Veon Bell. And another dark horse candidate, Houston. Houston could look to get a quality running back uh, who can also catch the ball, move on from uh, Lamar Miller, um, and really kind of bolster that Houston offense. The offensive line down there is awful, so I don't know if that would be a good option for Bell. Um, again, a lot of drama um, surrounding these Steelers players, where they're going to go. Uh, it's it's really just a big mess. Finally, Kareem Hunt. I wrote about this on pigskinnut.com. He signed with the Cleveland Browns, and if I can be perfectly honest, in my opinion, I hate it. I hate the move. I hate that he is even in the NFL. Uh I know there have been so many people that have come to his defense and it, it, it worries me because at this point you're picking to protect the stars 
over your own morals. Um, the Browns, I think, showed complete ignorance in signing Kareem Hunt. Uh, I know John Dorsey has a history with him. Uh, you know, he came from Kansas City. He scouted Kareem Hunt when, when he was in Toledo. But this isn't his first instance of, you know, violence or assaulting. I mean, he had two prior uh, assault incident, incidents, uh, one at a nightclub in Kansas City, uh, one at a resort in Ohio. None of them resulted in charges, but that still should be a red flag. And then there was the penultimate uh, video release where he lied to the Chiefs about what happened. And that's ultimately why he was released. I don't understand how an NFL team can honestly sit there and sign a guy who has only been going through treatment for three months for anger issues and alcohol issues when a guy like Colin Kaepernick, who was essentially blackballed by the league uh, for protesting something that he believed in, doesn't have a job. It, it it's worrisome it's sickening uh he in my opinion kareem hunt doesn't deserve to play in the nfl look guys people deserve second chances in life but not for your dream job uh he is going to be making millions of dollars for the rest of his career and that 19 year old girl i assume she's 20 now She's just going to be the girl that Kareem Hunt pushed and kicked in a video. And those are my thoughts on what's going on in the NFL. Guys, thank you so much for listening to my first episode. I really appreciate it. Uh, keep tuning in. I'm going to come in with more takes on uh, what the Broncos are doing, more takes on what's going on in the NFL. Uh, this is Gridiron Talk. My name is Patrick Coyote. I am your host.